Hey, you're listening to Sit Down For Real, a new podcast for anyone interested in movies, especially the making of movies. I'm Mason Coyle, and each week I will be joined by various guests, including directors, actors, writers, people who will share their hands-on experience of the filmmaking process and discuss either the topic of the week or a movie review. If that sounds like something you're into, perfect. If not, stick with us anyway. We're not famous yet, but that doesn't mean we aren't entertaining. Sit Down For Real is made by a group of creatives, collaborating across numerous projects in the hopes of turning our passions into careers. We hope this podcast will be a platform where we can cultivate our skills and share what we learn with you, our audience. If you ever have a comment, question, suggestion, or a nice review, please share it with us. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Twitter, Gmail, Facebook at Sit Down For Real. That's real, R-E-E-L, like a film reel. It's a pun. You understand. Anyway, thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. Now on with the show. Hello all and welcome to Sit Down For Real where we talk movies from script to screen, high budget to no budget. Whether it's the film of the year or your first film ever, we're here to discuss the filmmaking process and the movies we love and sometimes hate. I'm your host, Mason Coyle. With me today I have Kevin and Kyrie. What's up guys? How's it going? What's going on, man? Oh, it's going. Uh, <laughs> How yeah. we all are. <laughs> Just trying to get some writing done, but uh, it is what it is. You guys watch any good movies lately? Um, we actually did recently watch a movie together um, in preparation for a, I guess, somewhat secret project um, <laughs> that we don't even have all the way filled out, so that's part of the reason why it's secret. Right. Um, but we watched a, uh, a film called Girl Walk All Day, and it's actually a feature-length, like, gorilla-style, shot-style dance music video. And it's awesome. It's, it's, it's the most energetic film you will ever see. It's very, there's a little bit of a narrative that follows, follows it, but it's really just a bunch of people running around New York dancing to this really cool, like, mixed sort of, um, I don't even know, like this hey, mixed album of yeah, like. Yeah, it's like a club mix of like a bunch of popular songs. Like, and the girl, the main, the lead, and then she was just dancing to all of it. You got these other characters coming in dancing. It was just a, it was a good, it was a good time, bro, just watching it. Yeah, and it's free <laughs> online. If you look up Girl Walk All Day, um, they have their own website and everything, and it's like 77 minutes, maybe, so it's a little over an hour. Mm-hmm. Like, it's something that, as soon as we finished watching it, I threw it up over on my social media, like, you have time, watch this. <laughs> We're all depressed right now. Just watch this movie, you'll feel a little bit better. Yeah, it was good, man. I liked it a lot. All right, that's a good recommendation. Got to check that out. I'm always so behind on these things, especially, <laughs> especially since I've uh, gotten to know you and all the movies you're constantly. I'm, uh, I'm the problem. I understand this. I, especially during the quarantine era, I have watched so many movies. I watched 60 movies in April. I understand where I'm at. <laughs> I don't expect anyone to watch as many movies as I do. No one's catching Kevin. But I do have endless recommendations for anyone who needs them. <laughs> All right, that's good to know. Um, so today we're going to be talking about a movie review, or more specifically, a short movie, um, which you guys actually created. Is that right? We did. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, so this is Complacency. Where can people find this to watch it if they want to watch it before actually hearing us talk about it? Yeah, yeah, so it's um, it's on our social media pages, BTV Films. Um, it is on my personal Vimeo account, um, Kevin Garner. If you look up Complacency on Vimeo, I'm sure at some point you'll find it and you'll see um, Kyrie's face in the thumbnail. <laughs> um, I know it was attached to my Twitter at some point, but I don't know if that's still a part of it or not, but any one of those avenues, if you look just a little bit, you'll find it. We don't have that many movies. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Okay, and we'll try to make it easy for everybody too. So that once the podcast comes out, links and all that. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully it'll be in the description. <laughs> okay. Yes. Um, so let's get talking about this. Um, I think we can just skip right into spoilers and all that. It's not a very long piece. How like long is minutes. <laughs> <laughs> the spoilers start from the, from the very first frame. So. Yeah, that's true. It really does. So uh, why don't you guys walk us through this? What's this uh, short about? So it took us a while to get to what it was going to be about. Um, and just if we're starting at the origins of it, then this is the best place for, for me to start, I think. Um, because this is something that, like, we had sort of ingested this kind of narrative through different movies, like Fruitvale Station. Um, had Blindspotting come out at this point? or had No. We, okay. This was before Blindspotting. This was before Blindspotting. Because Blindspotting is what our movie dreams to be. Yeah. Like, was, <laughs> we watched that and it's like, oh, that's what we needed to do to mm-hmm. make it good. Like, mm-hmm. um, but we, we were really passionate about doing something around this idea of um, this killing of an unarmed black man, um, especially with things that have happened like in the city of Cincinnati, um, with uh, Sam DeBose being shot and killed um, by, a, I think it was a UC mm-hmm. cop. Um, but it was just something that was, it was a good starting point for us in this thing that we were both passionate about. I was learning significantly more about and Kyrie's obviously lived with for his whole life. And um, we really kind of, we were trying to figure out what to do because our first idea was just to film that scene happening but there's not really a lot to be gained in just filming that scene because that's something that we see on Twitter and on Facebook when it gets shared yeah. and those videos don't even really do anything as we're kind of learning more and more it just kind of serves as this re-traumatization um, and so it kind of took me figuring out where where and why I got any say in this like why was I the one who was going to be able to direct this why was I the one who's going to be able to like put my name on this movie if I don't really have an attachment to it um, and so we kind of got this angle to it where we decided let's point it towards the people in my community who don't see this as a problem, who don't see their language as a problem, and kind of make it more about the reaction to this event as opposed to just the event itself. And so once we kind of cracked that together, we got the script in like 30 minutes because it really is only two and a half pages, um, if that. <laughs> and um, we just got to work. We got some friends together. We got... Um, Lucky that our friend Avery was willing to shoot it. We got a bunch of extras just to show up on the day and let me try to command them in different directions. Um, <laughs> this was my sh- my first um, official attempt at a short film, um, aside from a few minor ones that we had tried to do together. But um, yeah, yeah, it was really it was something that we just we wanted to go at this angle um, to th- make a movie at this angle at this sort of like we want to make art that makes a difference. And so we were trying to figure out what difference we could make between um, just the two of us, kind of this combination that we had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing with complacency was, like how Kevin just said, we were trying to make something you know, meaningful. That's the thing that we always say is like meaningful art. Um, and we knew we wanted to talk about you know, this issue, but it was just like, how do we do it? We never wanted to, you know, we, we, see, we always talk about the thing, you know, the trauma porn. Yeah. You know, just you see the same the same cycle over and over again. You see a, a black man getting killed by, you know, a white officer and that's it. It's like what can we do to be some kind of spark and like shifting the tide and changing the cycle? And I think the script that uh Kevin came up with was like a step in that direction and it was just like it was a real it was a real cool day too, just getting everybody together and you seeing these um remember the, what was the story that we had? The um <clears throat> 
or the, the moment that I had on set when um, the we had so we had in the movie in the film it's a black group and it's a white group which was the complacent group and like Kevin was asking the black group like what um, what are things that that you hear that you know this complacent group says and like just hearing like their their uh, responses to that saying like you know white people say this we see them say this we see them say this and it was like a it was just, it was a big moment where it was just like damn like you know this this is the stuff that we are doing is you know real situations it's real life and it's like things that we internalize as black people and um, that doesn't really get talked about so just seeing that come together and seeing everybody just you know fellowship with that it was just, it was a good it was a good good uh, time just recording it and filming it yeah. Yeah, I think that, and I was saving that one for, no, the, like, oh, no, right? I was like, saving it, like, oh, this is the part. Um, just to go through the progression of the film a little bit, um, in case anyone hasn't watched it, which is very likely, um, opens up with um, Kyrie's character, um, I'm not even sure if we give names to any of the characters, really, um, being shot immediately um, as we open up into the film. And then we go with this one shot sort of around... Um, you see the cop who did it kind of trying to react to it trying to we try to give a little bit of truth to that moment of um, not really empathize with it but show it in the real sense that um, just the human reactions to that event like mm -hmm. to you just shot someone like people are going to react to that and um, and then what we wanted to do was do this accelerated reaction to the event so as soon as that happened we had a group um, of um, people come up with their phones filming it because that's something that you see so frequently um, is video footage of these events um, and then we spun around to um, a news reporter putting labels on Kyrie's body again something that you see really frequently with um, like um, victims of this situation we named like thugs or drug dealers or they try to don't dig up anything to put on this deceased like this dead this victim that um is really, we were really looking at the language around these types of events, and so it was really important that we kind of hit every angle of that, that the little things that we do really go a long way in the perception of this happening every single time. Um, then we had kind of a newscast with it. We had, um, from the newscast, we went to a group of people tweeting, um, which was actually me kind of calling out myself um, a little bit because um, if it's something that I kind of felt like if I'm going to be quote-unquote taking shots at people, which it was, I still think at the end it was pretty tame, like it was mm -hmm. more like just trying to point at the language, less at the people, mm -hmm. um, but I would be just as guilty as someone who just yells online and then doesn't do anything. Like I, were, I really did want to look at all angles of this, look at, kind of introspectively look at myself and what I was going through in these situations and that maybe I wasn't doing very much. Um, and then the one shot ended culminating into the group of the Black Lives Matter group coming up chanting Black Lives Matter and the white group coming up um, and like Kyrie said they start saying these things that um, black people hear so frequently like what about black on black crime like blue lives matter and all these different things that are that serve as such a silencing um, agent to this idea of Black Lives Matter just it seems like they don't so we're chanting this to make sure you remember that they do and all these little things tear that down more and more and especially when it comes from a marginalized place it really it's so it's such a it's such an uphill climb that these little pieces of language um, can really make a difference in how your friends your family governments everything can see the situation 
Um, but we did get to that point to where I kind of like, I walked up to everyone and said, hey, or everyone on the complacency side, all the white people in it, and said, hey, I picked you all because you're not racist. <laughs> I picked you all because you're on the same side as everyone in this project. I need you to act like it. Like, I need you to say these things. I couldn't come up with much. They couldn't come up with much. And what Kyrie was referencing too is that we asked um, the, um, the Black Lives Matter group what their experience was with it. And we weren't, that was one of the few times we weren't recording audio. Mm-hmm. And I wish we were because yeah. I would have that just saved in this some kind of special place and special place somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so they just listed off all these different phrases to say. And it's just, it really grounded the experience because it's not something that when you're making a movie, it's fake. And when you're making a movie and you're going through it, it's something that you can distance yourself pretty well especially we weren't telling like a necessarily true story mm-hmm. like it wasn't like Kyrie was playing a real person he was playing real people mm-hmm. but it wasn't like we were paying homage or something to this one situation so we were we were disconnected enough that it we could all joke around and stuff like um and all the love for my wife Jenny she was um she had her line where she said what about black on black crime and the first time she said it was so <laughs> adorably like you were not. You could not believe for a second that it was that anything about that statement was racist. The way she said it. it was so. It was, it was hilarious. Was, there was a lot of there were a lot of little moments that kind of kept us um, distant from the situation. Um, but that one little moment that grounded us was that back and forth of here's what you guys need to say to us. Um, here's what the complacent group needs to say to the Black Lives Matter group because this is what that group hears in real life all the time, and I feel like. At the very least, aside from all conversations I've had about this film and all of the sort of reactions that I've had to it, that was the most important part was that we got to make that connection between people on that day. Yeah, I think there's probably some truth to the fact that those people who fall into the susceptible for complacency, like the people who um, have that problem, are the ones who don't get that opportunity like you guys had that day to have that kind of open and honest conversation mm-hmm. or what what's your viewpoint um how do you feel when somebody says this you know because you just people say these things and they don't they only look at their perspective and not other perspectives mm-hmm. um but having that opportunity and i think the film kind of you know it obviously reflects that and i think that's one of the great things about this piece mm-hmm. yeah i think that and i think that a lot of what we try to do is try to um open up at least show an open amount of perspective in the films, um, at least the ones that we've done so far that have really focused on this. Um, Because I just think of some of my favorite movies and some of the most impactful movies to me were ones that I couldn't really relate to the characters or it was something that I never encountered or something I never experienced and you kind of go on this journey where film has this really beautiful um, ability to take out all of those differences and discrepancies and everything and just make you empathize with the character so well. Um, one of my favorite things about um, the movie Get Out and about kind of Jordan Peele and how he talked about it was he wanted at the end to, no matter if you were white or black or who, whatever you were at the end of that movie, you were rooting for this black dude to kill this entire white family <laughs> and escape and win because, and that's where everyone was because you set up the hero you said the villain it's a movie it's mm-hmm. you can break it down to those base points and it doesn't matter really what sides on what obviously he has he laid it out very carefully and specifically so that that was a big part of it um but i think that's a really um 
that's a very profound goal that we're trying to reach and I think we may have gotten close to it in complacency and I would never be able to tell if we could or not, but just that ability to open up other people to a certain perspective. Um, I think it was something that I had to work on while I was making it um, that Kyrie's helped me with since we started making work together, since we started um, our friendship and everything. It's something that we have continuous conversations on and it's something that I didn't grow up with this perspective and I didn't grow up around this perspective. So it's something, it's something that does take work and I think at the very least, what I was trying to do is try to point towards who needs to make that effort and who needs to start doing that work. Um, because you see a lot of these films kind of show these events like, oh, this is bad. Mm -hmm. It's like, whoa. And that's kind of what influenced us. Like, we know this is bad. We know this is the problem. We have to figure out a way to do something without trying to change the world all at once because we're not going to change the world all at once with one two and a half minute short film. <laughs> right. Um, that's a lot in that two and a half. Yeah. <laughs> Man, the whole world would never be the same. And yeah, we really just tried to... It was really in me trying to figure out why I got a voice at all and if I did have a voice at all in this situation that I needed to use it to address that privilege and address the privileged group that I'm a part of mm -hmm. and really... Um, just try not to put anything back, at least. And I think that was, like, the biggest reason why that, why you had to make that, too. Like, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Because um, I, remember, I remember when he, like, sent me the script, and I was like, bro, like, yeah, let's make this. Because, like, <laughs> like, people need to, you know, people need to see this. People need to feel this. And, like, coming from you, a white male, it means even more. Because it's like you're putting the pressure on these people that actually operate like this, that operate from that complacent group, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it was just like, you know, it was put it was shining a light on that. So it it had to be done and had to be done by you. And it was and it turned out bigger than what we thought too. We got yeah. a lot of love from it. A lot of people, you know, I showed it to my entire family. Um I know Kevin showed it to his family and it was just like we 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 did something that was that was special that day and I was and that that's like that will always be like a classic to us at least, like, you know what I mean? Each, like, you know, even regardless, that's our first short film. And I know Kevin, like, still finds, like, mistakes in it. Oh, <laughs> he looks at it and he's like, it's like, I'm not gonna point it out because I want y'all to see it, you know, just, but, yeah, we, we watch it and like, damn, we should've did this with that. Yeah. But, but people loved it, man, and like, for that, we like, grateful for it, so. Yeah, no, the response was really, <laughs> was really fantastic, and I think it was something that we weren't, <laughs> We didn't know what to expect because we hadn't put out a short film yet. Um, and it was something that it was just cool getting any response. Um, I was a little bit disappointed I didn't get any like angry response to it. Like I was hoping I was gonna get someone like to come after us basically. Like someone ready to fight because oh, we were close. We, and we, we had a few people who were figuring it out and kind of came to us a little bit before they figured out by the end of it, which as a, as a two and a half minute movie, like maybe they just saw it at the beginning. <laughs> I don't know what happened. I can't speak for other people. <laughs> um, but no, it really was. It really was something that. Um, the more and more we were working together, the more I realized that why should I, as a straight white guy, be making anything relative to this? <laughs> like, why should I? Why do I feel like? Because I feel like that's just such a like, such an overly privileged like. Oh, I can make movies about anything. Like, let me make movies about this super traumatic event in a group of people that I'm not even a part of. <laughs> mm -hmm. And in addressing that was really kind of that that difference of I just have to spin it around on 
people that look like me and people that are in my um, race and my gender and everything else. Like it really comes down to um, opening people up to that perspectives. And if for whatever reason I'll be more listened to because of that privilege or something, then I'm just going to use it all to push towards that opening up to other perspectives. Like I'm just, I feel like the whole thing was me kind of taking a mirror from Kyrie, from everyone on set that day, from a black community and just pointing it towards my community that they wouldn't, that they, that my community would maybe not look at in a different setting. So that was the goal. I hope we got there. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely a powerful piece. Um, some of the imagery there with the, the duct tape over the mouths um, mm-hmm. and, and it speaks to the voices that don't get to speak or, you know, mm-hmm. get uh, overwhelmed. Um, so again, this is just a, uh, a very ambitious, I think, uh, <laughs> thing to start off with. Yeah. Um, um, you guys did tell me, I think, you got a little bit of a reaction as you were shooting, didn't you? <laughs> we did. Yeah, um, man. So, the whole first, like, what, minute and a half is a one take? Yeah. Or a one or, I don't know. Yeah. I heard it called so many times. <laughs> one shot. Um, one shot, yeah. So, spinning around the parking lot, having just a hell of a time with the shadows and everything since <laughs> 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Um, and we finally get to the scene where um, the Black Lives Matter group comes up chanting Black Lives Matter. And we want it to be really powerful. I was like, look, we're in a parking lot. Like, I want someone to come up and say something that would be, we'll just film that and make this documentary. Like, <laughs> like just go all in on it. And um, so we go through it the first time and we finish it. And I don't think we got it on that take because of mm-hmm. shadows or something. And <laughs> we hear... Um, it's a parking lot inside a, a park, um, Mount Echo Park, yeah, okay. and on the west side of Cincinnati. And um, you hear all the way clear across this park, this dude just go, Yeah! <laughs> like, just over there pumping his face, we look over and stuff, and he starts making his way over. And this man walks up with this, like, Chardonnay, Pinot Noir, like, he's holding this glass of wine. <laughs> Just, just starts talking to us and like this is so cool like this looks awesome like can I hang out I was like sure just stand over there and have the shot and I don't know how we got his name because he told us his name was yeah. Woody Woody with the wine is forever yeah. forever immortalized if we can ever reconnect with him then he will be we'll make a whole movie just about Woody with the wine yes yeah. hopefully, hopefully he gets to hear this and we can have him on I'm, that would be great, bro. I would jump up and down screaming if, I could, if we got that message on our page. Woody with the wine. Yeah, that was cool, man. He was he was super chill. OG type of Into dude. it, man. Right? OG was just in the cut, man. Saw him at the, like, far away, then all of a sudden he's just on set. Like, come on, yep. With the wine. Just sitting back there, bro. <laughs> Woody with the wine. It we was shot really... him out in the, I think we shot him out in the, the uh, credits, did we? Or no? I think we were going to, and I may have forgotten in the, in the craziness of it. I need to, like, re-go back into the Vimeo page or something yeah. and, like, shout out, like, the only thing in the description, just shout out Woody with the wine. Yeah, for sure. Um, it was a really neat moment of encouragement, though, because that's the first time I had directed anything close to that scale. I mean, it was the first time we'd done a short film that actually came out, so... Um, but we... I kind of... I, I kind of... Kyrie and I kind of prepped everyone, like... We have a fake gun on set, like we have people chanting Black Lives Matter, like we're in, we're close enough to a neighborhood that like, we may get some noise complaints or something, we need, we need to be prepared if someone drives up and has questions and stuff. Right, right. Um, and so, it was just, it was almost poetic how the one person who came up and 
quote unquote disrupted the shoot was a dude who was just like super into it and <laughs> super excited that everything was happening and like just wanting to hang out and support and it was a nice little like I don't know exactly what to call it but just this little it was, um, it was fun godsend sort of thing <laughs> it was fun it was a lot of fun sure. um, did you learn anything um, from the directing point of view of managing this crew because it's probably at least from the shoots that I know of, one of your bigger extras and in, in, in a bigger actor pool yep. to deal with. So you want to talk anything about uh, how you manage that kind of group? Yeah, yeah, I think I think it probably was the biggest. Mm-hmm. I'm like looking back through our stuff. Um, and most of them were just like kind of there to say one line or there to walk around and stuff. Um, I think most of what I learned is leaning on other people um, because I had not met a lot of the people that Kyrie had um, invited to come and be extras and so I kind of had to lean on his like whatever he had said to them or whatever he had like prepped people with that I was somehow in charge like I had to lean on that ability to these people I just met 20 minutes ago I need to point them in different directions and tell them which way we're going um, it helped a ton to have Avery on set as um, working as a cinematographer um, Jathan Jackson and I think Zach Tiller were working as um, audio, or was Zach one of the, I think Zach was one of the extras too. Mm-hmm. I can't remember exactly who was on audio, but there were people running around with a boom mic. Um, and just just having these things that I didn't have to worry about, um, like I could, they could come and ask me questions, but I could worry about the staging and blocking and everything. Um, I think if anything, I just learned like how, what it's like to be in that environment, because I'd never really gotten to be in that environment in that way. Um, so it was a really cool kind of thing where, for whatever reason, people put their trust in me to tell them to go places and do things, and um, it worked out as best as it could have as we were approaching our 10th, 11th, 12th takes of the <laughs> same shot, yeah. and people were figure, trying to figure out what the hell we were doing, and yeah, we just had a lot of support, and I think that everyone made it especially easy for me to just kind of like lean back and let other people catch me as the whole thing went, so it was... A very, very nice feeling. <laughs> How about uh, moving forward? Because um, I think we touched about it in either this podcast or a previous one that we just recorded. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I think we were talking a bit about how BTB Films has a certain um, concept or idea behind it where it wants to you know, speak um, to some powerful themes where to kind of have that... Um, why don't you guys just uh, talk a little bit about that? What What do you see as this um, growing into moving forward? Yeah, um, the biggest thing like me and Kevin always talk like I mentioned it earlier is meaningful art. Um, I guess that just became like our slogan, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the that's the biggest thing. Anything that we put out, we wanna we wanna challenge people and we wanna you know um, speak on something and also be creative with it and do it in our own way and be innovative and all the all those words that you can think of you know that comes with creativity but um i think um a big thing that i have coming into like you know doing this whole btb thing was just um putting people in positions to where they they voices hurt you know what i mean like white black brown blue i wanted people versus voices to be heard and be able to be an independent you know leader in that um in in this industry where we can 
where people know that BTB Films is going to be is going to give you this. They're going to give you some meaningful stuff. They're going to touch on some topics that everybody might not want to touch on. You know what I mean? Um, so that's the biggest thing for us. And moving forward, I think we just need to keep building on. You know, um, the things that we're doing. You know, we did a two and a half short film, Complacency, that you know got on some film festival circuits. Um, Syndependent was a great experience. Yeah, big um, you know, yeah, big size Independent. We. We were in there with some great films, man, and just seeing it on a big screen was uh, was cool. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, just moving forward. So now the next step, you know, we got a helping hand out, um, which is a great film directed by Kyle, and that was a nine minute film, I believe. Huge and, jump. <laughs> so huge jump. So the biggest thing is just progression, and but still telling those stories. Um, if we can keep the same groundedness that we have with complacency and the helping hand and make a feature length and more feature length films, then I think we'll, we'll be in a good spot to, you know, really make a difference um, and spark some, you know, spark some change in the industry, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think that we, and like Kyrie said, it's kind of been our mantra the whole time. Mm -hmm. um, I think somewhere along the way we recognize that there is some kind of inherent privilege in being able to create things, that there is this, there's something that we can do when we, can afford to have a video camera and a bunch of people waste their afternoon with us in a parking lot in a park um, that a lot of people don't have access to and a lot of people um, in whatever situation wouldn't even have the time to access it and so we kind of came to this sort of collective decision that if we're going to be making stuff then it needs to at least try to speak some kind of truth or power into something um, that we're really if we're going to be spending time doing this, then it can't just be for ourselves. It can't just be to make careers out of it. It can't just be to make money. It can't just be to like get the fame that may come with it or not. Um, it has to be something that's going to challenge people, hopefully change some people's minds or hearts or something that gets them to think at least. Mm -hmm. um, and I think kind of um, as we approach that, we've been pretty selective with what we wanted to do. Um, there's been a few different things um, that we put out that have been for different competitions and things like that that we tailored a little more towards that. Um, but it's just something that I've done a few side projects and I know Kyrie's done a few different things and we were, it wasn't maybe necessarily associated with this and we could kind of feel the emptiness and this lack of um, meaningful art sort of sense to it to where it didn't really seem like it was going on anywhere other than to just be there um and i think that that's just i know for me at least it just like gets under my skin and just drives me crazy <laughs> that we have this chance to film things to make films to make music to do all these things and why not try to do something with it mm -hmm. um and Kyrie didn't mention it because um i haven't finished editing it yet and that's my fault <laughs> um but one of our next ones coming up that Mason wrote, which I'm shouting this out to everyone on the podcast listening because you probably won't, um, <laughs> is um, another one that we really, really felt strongly attached towards that and because um, mm -hmm. it really goes after these um, ideas and mental health and how we handle it and how we react to it that I've been trying to figure out for a long time and Mason just shows up with the script and like, <laughs> figures it out yeah. and um, I'm really, really excited for it to come out. I think that Hopefully people don't see it too soon because hopefully it makes a little run at um, the festival circuit, even if that's next year when they're all finally back and stuff. Um, but we really did get a special group around us that were just as passionate about making these um, challenging, trying to change something sort of films and trying to do something sort of art um, that 
has just been pushing us forward and we're I can't imagine doing this without that driving us so that's kind of the place we've landed and hope it doesn't stop <laughs> yeah I think at least in this group and, and people in, in the audience may feel differently you know because some people just look at movies as purely entertainment and therefore that's all they want they just want to go on a roller coaster yeah. and I think that's perfectly fine for, mm-hmm. for a certain casual audience but the movies that I think persist and become you know pop culture icons even if they are roller coasters they speak about the human condition or they mm-hmm. make that connection um, and, and make some sort of uh, character sympathy or you know teaches you about being yourself or teaches you about uh, somebody else mm-hmm. who you haven't mm-hmm. thought of yet and so marrying those two concepts of entertainment and having a message or connecting with people you know I, I know that's why we I think around this table do what we do mm-hmm. um, and hopefully audiences respond to that I think they yeah. will because like I said that's um, I can't think of many big movies that you know lack one of those um, powerful like entertaining mm-hmm. and connecting moments so yeah yeah I feel like there's a there could be an inherent like arrogance or like self-righteousness that could come from this idea and uh, like as you mentioned that there is nothing that we'd ever say that's like oh we're so much better than those like roller coaster movies and stuff and mm-hmm. it's like because no like those are what's playing in theaters right now, making millions of dollars. <laughs> and those are what are getting people to go to movie theaters. There's there's value in all of it. I think we just kind of landed in the space that we um, that we really want to add our add that extra value to it. We want to add that that extra layer to it. Um, and Kyle screwed me up because he was making some kind of motion, but that gives me a good segue um, because. His did a lot better of job than complacency to put you on that roller coaster. Um, and that's something that, as I'm kind of making my journey as a filmmaker, I'm trying to get better at um, adding that sort of excitement, that sort of the thing to make people watch. Because if it's not interesting, then no one cares what you're saying because it's boring. <laughs> um, and so that's something that I'm hoping to glean from him and a few other of my friends who are doing a really good job um, in this sort of weird little. Cincinnati short film environment that we're lucky to be a part of. Um, but yeah, and I think you're right. I think that you find this area of um, films that you remembered are ones that spoke about the times they were in in some way or kind of a shifted culture in the times they were in in some way. Like you don't see Jurassic Park isn't Jurassic Park without like it's very um, deep look at what science is doing and how far is too far and what happens when we try to play God. Like, it's... Mm -hmm. If it was just a dinosaur movie, like, it would not have lasted. (laughs) Even with the groundbreaking effects, it would not have lasted nearly as long, I feel like. Yeah, have a very uh, niche kind of group of just dinosaur nerds. I still love it it probably, but, yeah, the fact that it has a powerful message and something that I think has kind of, you know, opened my eyes to not just science, but I think that's a lesson to expand into everything that you don't know everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So maybe have a little bit of humility and understand that the world's a crazy place and it can just kind of mess you up and you're along for the ride, do the best that you can Mm -hmm. and try Mm -hmm. not to make it worse. I think that's a very (laughs) good lesson and it pretty much sums up what I want to do in in my work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I think that I think that whether covertly or not, then you get those films that the films that do last are the ones that have that with them, whether people realize or not. Like whether people are dissecting Jurassic Park or like this is just awesome, super fun, and that's what they love it. Like mm-hmm. there are other movies that are awesome and fun that don't last like that. And mm-hmm. it's not even that we're trying to like make things that last. I mean, I think that's the goal for any filmmaker and anyone trying to make something of their art, but um I don't know. Just the films that knock my like knock me back off my feet are the ones that do something with it. And if we're trying to be the best, as BTV stands for, then we have to try to do the same thing. We have to try to knock people back on their ass. Like <laughs> really just knock them right on their ass. Yeah, just <laughs> just do something with it. And so I think we're I think we're lucky to have that behind us and um lucky that we've started there so that we can really start um spinning our brains deeper and deeper into that. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, this is, as we mentioned, a very short um, film. I mean, obviously, there's a ton to talk about. Um, that's probably, like, you know, a whole other conversation. <laughs> it can't really be finished in an hour. Um, but is there anything you guys want to add, like, final thoughts of what this project uh, meant to you from a professional or personal level of, um, you know, how, how does this reflect your growth moving forward? Um, I think for me, it gave me confidence, gave just like, it, it gave me confidence to like, we can do this film mm-hmm. stuff, you know what I mean? Like that was the, that shoot, if you know, like <laughs> we shot that in December and the fact that the sun just like magically appeared <laughs> and it's just like we had all this great natural light and like it was just it was it was it was a crazy moment just to be a part of but like that it just gave me confidence um and I believed in like the thing that we got going there and it was just it was good to see Kevin really like finally you know mm-hmm. this you know this is this is him like you know what I mean like he directed everything and it was really like the first time like you were in your full director mode element mm-hmm. so um i think ever since then we've been like locked in on that and it's like okay we got the structure in place now and now we can really focus on what makes you know the movies great or our movies great um and that's the you know the 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 care that we take in you know saying something in a meaningful art so yeah yeah i think that then you still have my answer <laughs> um it did show us that we could we could do this um I will say that when I found out that we made this independent, because that was our ultimate goal, <laughs> and again, such a huge shout out to them, because that was the coolest experience I've had since we've started making films. Yeah. Um, heartbroken that they couldn't have it this year due to all the COVID stuff, but I know they're going to come back strong, and I just hope we make something good enough to make it back in. But um, but we had all these, all these victories and losses in it, and we had all these moments where... Um, we just kind of followed the advice of all these filmmakers that we looked up to, which is just do it. Like, just go out there and try to make something. Um, and the fact that we made something that we were proud of was just, like, kind of an extra cherry on top. And, um, and I know I already talked about a little bit, or I talked about earlier, the main thing I got out of this was how I can, where my voice fits in all of this stuff. Like, if we're making change and if I'm making change or attempting to, um, how I can use my voice in that sort of atmosphere. Um, but really just... I mean, Kyrie's such this big character in his music and everything he does. And for me to go to him and say, hey, you're going to play a dead body for 90% of this movie. <laughs> um, it just really had this sort of like, 
it showed this commitment that we had to it that it doesn't matter. We were so easily ready to put it over ourselves and so easily committed to making it something that was bigger than ourselves that it felt like it was too, it fit too well with our, our dreams for everything and our, um, in our process with this work. Um, that it's just, I mean, it's been a match made in heaven since we started making movies, but, Seriously? um, it's just something that gave us confidence enough to get to this point. Um, and it's just cool kind of looking back because this was now over two years ago that we shot it. Um, and so come a long way in that time. And I think just as far as final thoughts, it was just, it's just an appreciation that anyone watched it because there's no market for short films. No one's out here like Googling the best short films to watch <laughs> next. But it is, it's something that even two and a half minutes, we asked for two and a half minutes of your time and you <laughs> graciously gave it to us and hopefully we earned the next nine minutes and the next five minutes and the next 20 minutes until we get to that hour and a half to where you can trust us with that. And mm-hmm. I mean, we're going to do it anyway. <laughs> um, it really did just, it really did open that door to where we realized that this is something that we can do and something that we can put a little bit behind and the more we put into it, the more we'll get out of it. So it's really exciting to see what's going to happen with the release, what's going to happen with um, the project that Kyrie and I are working on, which is kind of secret because we kind of haven't figured it out yet. Um, <laughs> the next projects after that, um, it's just been fun and I feel like that's where it started and that's where we, we get to look back on and see how far we've come and hold ourselves to that standard that the next thing better be good enough to make it to independent. <laughs> the thing after that better be good enough to make it to a major festival. The next yeah. thing better be good enough to get someone's attention. Like, <laughs> just keep raising that bar and keep on mm-hmm. pushing each other, keep on making something meaningful and powerful. Yes, sir. Doing something that's fun and making it meaningful, powerful, um, and doing it all within two minutes <laughs> from the camera. It's, it's, it's really impressive. and it's it's something that you know it, it inspires me that you guys were able to put this thing together and put it out there get people one you know giving voice to people who uh, don't always get that voice put out there and then um, also just you know taking a stand for something that you believe in um, it's like I said, it's kind of inspiring, um, and it's one of the reasons why you know it's easy to kind of get on board and join this group <laughs> and look forward to all those other projects that we're going to be working on down That's the road. That's it. I'm so um, excited. <laughs> so, uh, for the audience, if you've watched this, hopefully, uh, or you're into watch, wanting to watch this after you've uh, heard us talk about it for so long, um, again, check it out. We'll try to put the links wherever they happen to go, and. Um, if you want to get into contact with us after you watch it, tell us what you think, give a good review. Um, we are Sit Down For Real on Facebook, Twitter, and Gmail. We really appreciate your support and definitely want to hear from you. So um, uh, definitely want to get it out there and kind of share people's experiences maybe or you know, just get that sense of some sort of community of, um, I think that really speaks to a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But uh, with that, I think that'll do it for this episode. I want to thank BTV Films and our crew for helping out the podcast, for making uh, this short possible. And thanks uh, to Dylan for taking care of all of our audio work. Thanks to my guests today, and thank you for listening. Uh, Extra thanks to those who like, subscribe, and leave a nice review wherever you find us. It means a lot.
I'm not really sure what we're going to do next time. Do you guys have any ideas? Um, Listen, actually, you know what? We put up on the Facebook group a little poll, so see we'll see how that's going. That's going to take probably another week before we make a decision, but I think <laughs> right now we have three movies in the tie for uh, First place. The Godfather, um, 12, Twelve Angry, 12 Angry Men, and Google uh, Hunting. And Google oh, Hunting. Nice. <laughs> Which, uh, nice. If we do, it may just be me and Kyle talking back and forth for two hours. Nice. <laughs> All right, so if you haven't voted for that, uh, go ahead and check us out on our social medias. Vote for whatever you like. You can add your own option, see how that goes. <laughs> but, uh, um, so just uh, get on there. Uh, and really, we really are doing this for you. I mean, we're having a good time here doing it. We're not trying to make this a big uh, overall work thing. We're trying to enjoy and just make it casual fun and keeping us involved, talking about the movies that we love, why, they, why we love them and you know, trying to learn more every avenue we can um, about the movie and filmmaking process. Um, so with that, thanks for listening. We'll save your spot for next time. Goodbye. I've <laughs> <laughs> been in the corner the whole time. <laughs> You're still here. Thanks for hanging out with us while we talk movies. But now we want to hear from you. If you have a comment, send it our way. Did we forget something or make a mistake? Call us out on it. Do you have a movie you really want us to review? Let us know what it is, and we'll get to it. Whether you have a question about filmmaking process or just want to know who we think would win in a fight between all the film characters of Martin Scorsese versus the characters of Quentin Tarantino, you ask us whatever you like, and we'll do our best to figure it out. So once more, we are Sit Down For Real, R-E-E-L, on Twitter, Gmail, Facebook. Your support means everything to us. Thanks for listening.